Welcome to the Gathering Place Church weekly podcast. We hope today's message ignites, equips, and challenges you to live out your Christian faith and to bring healing to a broken world. Well, you can be seated and we're going to transition into the word today is we've been talking about we're starting a, a new series we're calling explicit and we're going to specifically be looking at relationships and I'm excited this is always a time of year as a church around Valentine's Day when the whole world is talking about it we might as well give some biblical answers to what the world is asking for and I know it says 10 red flags today your pastor was thinking about you we're only doing five today, um, but then we're going to be taking the other five. I'm rebooting our podcast, and we're going to be uh, taking the, the next five to the podcast this week, so um, look for that on Spotify and all the places that we have a podcast. We'll add to it, um, but this week, we're looking at ten red flag or five red flags, and then next week, you saw, we're looking at penalty flags. In other words, it's not just red flags in the person we're dating and the person we're married to. How many know we have some red flags in us that we need to address? So we're gonna be saying, hey, we're gonna take the hard look at ourselves and look at some red flags. And then week three, um, I'm gonna share red flags in marriage. So we're gonna look at, at things that we can work better, how to have healthier um, perspectives, how to work through conflict, all the things that I've just scratched the surface on in eight short years of marriage, I'm going to attempt to teach in God's word, encourage you. Um, Bree's gonna be joining me on that Sunday. Um, so watch out, it's gonna be good. Um, but I am thankful today to be in this series and to know that as we look at relationships, as we look at what God's word has to say, we're calling it explicit because uh, we don't wanna be Millie-mouthed about it. We don't want to just take it and put our worldview up against it or what we can swallow. But if we're going to grow and be fully devoted followers of Christ, um, to take him at his word, there's things that we have to allow to penetrate our thoughts, our feelings, our biases, our upbringing, our perspectives. And is I think about the topic of relationships. Isn't this cool? I brought a red flag today. So we're going to be waving it. So be ready for it. Um, but I believe that as we specifically look at red flags in dating relationships, you might be thinking today, well, I haven't been on a date in 30 years. Uh, well, that's a problem because you should still be dating your spouse, right? We're dating our spouse. Um, but... Some of you are like, oh, that's a great idea. Write that one down. <laughs> um, but we also have to think of, too, is I'm very aware that you have grandkids. You have kids in the room that are in relationships or that will be in relationships. And, and quite frankly, as parents and as leaders, um, we're called to be accountable and help those underneath us say, hey, there's some red flags here you need to pay attention that we those we love the most, we should be saying, hey, there is a red flag there. And if you see something, address it in grace and truth because you love that person and don't allow them to push past the red flags. As I said, and we were praying, I'm tired of the normal narrative being in relationships. 
they end up in brokenness, a broken heart. There's rejection. If they get married and push through red flags, then most statistically speaking, relationships won't make it. They'll end in divorce. They'll end in distance. There won't be synergy and cohesiveness. They're constantly up in arms. We know in the world of marriage and relationships, if we don't pay attention and listen to what our mind is telling us, not what our heart is saying, because there's usually two at war there. The red flags usually hit at the mind where the, the heart says in the first two months, just keep moving the relationship forward. Keep moving it forward. And if the intent is to move it forward and you don't have anyone saying, hey, take a step back for a minute. I see some red flags. I probably need a bigger red flag today for some of these we're gonna be talking about. Um, but it can be the very thing that saves you. It saves that person and you don't get into a mess that you wish to God you never would have crossed into. Our scripture out of the block today is this. It's very explicit. I want to read it to you in, in um, Proverbs 27, verse 12. If you're taking notes, write down Proverbs 27, verse 12. It says, a prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. I like this translation as well. It says, the sensible people will see trouble coming and they avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. Say that again. A sensible person will see trouble coming. They see the red flags. And guess what? They avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. My heart is, is that you be sensible in all your relationships, not even a dating relationship. How about a business relationship? How about a relationship um, at work, um, a relationship in the workplace? Uh, maybe you have a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law coming into the picture. There's all the time, there's new relationships coming into our life. And there, yes, there's red flags in dating relationships, but there's also red flags in family relationships and how things move and grow and change. And so we want to take the scripture today and take it for what it's saying is we want to be sensible. We don't want to be an unthinking person that when we see trouble, we avoid it or better yet address it and not be the unthinking person who just walks right into it and says, love will make it all better, baby. We just need a to love each other a little more, or we just need to put a little more time with it and, and avoid some conflict. But no, we need to pay attention to the red flags that we see and that those see in us. Three quick thoughts of a healthy relationship that I want to share with you before we get into the red flags. And these were just some I, I put down. Is you want to be secure in Christ, you want to be strong in character, and you want to be planted in godly Christian community, planted in church. I've seen in my time that if you have these three foundational principles, you're secure in Christ, you're not an insecure person because secure people need less, insecure people always need more. So if you can be secure in your relationship with Christ, then take it into the dimension of a relationship. You're going to be secure where you don't need to pull from that people to feel validated. You don't need to pull from that person to feel like you have worth or that things are good in your life because that's happening here, right? It's the picture of the cross that if things are going well here, then my relationships horizontally will be good out there. 
So we got to be secure. We got to be strong in character. Now, what I'm getting at today is it's not two perfect people coming together and everything is just roses and it's all easy and it's all just going to work. But we should be striving to be strong in our integrity, in our purity, in our character. Read 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, be an example in these things. And if you have one that's being an example and the other that's being an example, those two come together, you're secure, you're strong, and then you are planted. You have a circle, you have friends, you have family that you trust that you're letting into the parts of your life where you're not just saying, I know what I want, nobody else gets me. That is definitely a red flag. So you wanna be planted on top of all of this so that when people see your blind spots, because we all have blind spots, amen? We all have blind spots. And if we're not careful or aware, our blind spots will be the very place that we get into a collision. Everything else might be going well, but the blind spots are the place that gets us that you need those in the church, those in your family, those that love you and want what's best for you to help you see your blind spots. So you might ask, well, pastor, how do I find the right person? I think if you're young, if you're single, if you're dating, this is a part of what you're asking. And I would uh, submit to you today it's just not how do I find the right person, but more how do I become the right person? How do I become the right person? I feel like so many times it's easier to not look at yourself, but look at the other person and say, I just, it's, it's a people problem, right? There's not enough people in my church, single godly people, or there's not enough single good godly people online dating, whatever it is, whatever the platform, whatever the place, it's easier to say, there's a people problem when I would say that could be true, but what are you doing to become the person that you want to attract? In other words, you could think of it this way, is we want um, to be people, we want to have the qualities that uh, we attract what we are. You don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. And sometimes it is a big pill to swallow when we think when we look at ourselves in the mirror and think maybe more of ourselves or we're more mature or we've arrived more in this place in our relationship, when, when it boils down to we actually attract what we are, not just the intent of what we want. And when you look at the world of dating today, you take one of the biggest cultural um, movies or dating shows known as The Bachelor. If you've ever seen it, maybe you've come across it, I already saw a lot of eye rolls. You're in a good place for that. I, I put down kind of the system of what happens. Is in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, if you don't know it, it's 30 men or 30 women, and they're all going after the attention of either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And it's a six to eight week process. And when I was thinking about this series and thinking about this show, it's how in the world in eight weeks does this one person able to catch any red flags at all because you were just caught up, you're on a fantasy island, everything goes well, you're not working, your kids aren't there, if they got kids, um, you're tan, you're fit, you name it, all is well, and it's like, if we can just make this perfect environment, then maybe some sparks will fly, and then they'll ask, will you accept this rose, and they'll get giddy and excited, they'll accept the rose, and then they're staring down what's known as a fantasy suite, and if we can just sleep with each other in about four weeks, and then maybe I can get an engagement in another two weeks, right? This is really the show that is setting the standard 
for what it means to date and to find love. And when you get back to God's word, it is the farthest thing from it of how we're to find red flags because that environment, that atmosphere is void of you push past red flags. If you don't like that person, guess what? You got 29 other people to choose from. <laughs> we're gonna jump over here and just neglect that red flag. And so when you see what we're up against as a culture, the landscape is parched. Um, and the good thing is, I believe things are so bad in this world collectively that if we'll go to God's word, you can find such goodness and such life that it can really spark a godly, fully devoted relationship. For some reading at some other times, you can go read 1 Corinthians 7. Paul talks about singleness and being secure in singleness and talks about that marriage is not the goal, but being fully devoted to Christ is the goal. And if you can't find someone that will go on the journey with you to be fully devoted to Christ, it's almost better to remain single. And a lot of the times, again, we go back to, well, there's not enough godly people, so I'm just gonna settle for people. And when we settle for people, we push past a lot of red flags. And I'm here today to say there is godly people if you'll be patient, if you'll wait, if you keep your standards, if you become the right person, you will attract the right person. We don't want to be statistics. And hear this today. If you are, if you've experienced divorce, if you've experienced um, hurt, pain, and shame, uh, know that I don't shame you at all today, or I don't have anything ill will toward that. These are the landscape of what happens. But what I'm I'm praying that you would say, because most people, what they do is when a relationship explodes or it ends in pain, you then have hindsight and you look back and say, yep, you see that red flag over there, blew past that. There was a red flag about four months into the dating relationship. We probably should have addressed that. But you can go back to now with hindsight and say, I should have addressed these red flags and I'm not gonna make the same mistakes again, or I'm gonna take my pain, turn it into purpose, or turn it into a plan to help my children, my grandchildren, those around me, not repeat the same mistakes. As we talked about today, there's grace for you to get back up, to know what God's word says, to believe again, to love again, to be healed. We know these things. So please hear where I'm coming from today. So again, going back to the sensible sees trouble, they avoid it, but the unthinking sees trouble, and they rush into it. We don't want to be that people. So first red flag today is this. And this is very simple, but it's important. you got to have it. It's foundational. It's when they're not consistently pursuing Jesus. So red flag one, if you're taking notes, are they consistently pursuing Jesus? And I put consistently pursuing Jesus because everyone's a Christian in America. I mean, not so much anymore, but... Uh, everyone has an idea of Jesus or will say, yeah, I said a prayer at a camp when I was six at one point, but you look at the fruit of their life and you don't see Jesus in their life. So I would say, let's take it a step deeper and say, are they consistently pursuing Jesus? And when they're consistently pursuing Jesus, I would say it this way about people I've come to find when you talk to people. is people will talk about first what they value most. So if you're on a first date, maybe even a second date, uh, if you'd be so lucky to get a second date, right? 
Um, and conversation is rolling. You're getting to know that person. And if you leave that restaurant and nowhere in the conversation did your faith come up, did your relationship with Jesus come up, did your church come up, did what God's speaking into your life, the devotion you're reading, something about God comes up, I would say, first and foremost, that would be a red flag, right? They might say they're a Christian, but if all you heard is about their career, their shoe collection, their hobbies, the sports game that they just watched, whatever it is, and nothing came up about God, I think we could all agree that would be a red flag. Even if you were so good to poke and to prod, but there was nothing there, that would be a red flag. I would say you need to address that or think into that or process that a little deeper. Because at the end of the day, we talk about first what we value most. And these are good, quick trigger indicators of people of what is important in their life. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 15. He says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? He's saying don't be yoked to something that isn't of the same values, isn't of the same heart, doesn't, isn't walking in the same direction. And you might read a scripture like this, or maybe you did at one point in your life and say, God, why are you limiting me? Why are you saying that you've just taken about 50 to 60% of people out of the equation? And my response would be, he's not limiting you. He is protecting you. He is watching out for you because you are the apple of his eye. And that which you value, your relationship with God, that which is most precious to you, if you put that in the hands of somebody who does not value that, they will destroy it and kill something in you because it's not important to them. They're not in the same worldview, the same paradigm, moving in the same direction. So Paul's saying you can't be yoked to these things because think about it, light and darkness have nothing in common. So he gives us these parallels. He's not limiting you, but he is loving you and he is protecting that which is precious to you. The prophet Amos, he says this in the Old Testament. I've always loved this because it's so true. He poses this question. He says, can two walk together unless they agree? Can two walk together unless they agree? And the thing I've come to find um, in marriage is agreement is one of the biggest currencies you have. If you agree about nothing all the time, you will go bankrupt in your marriage very quickly. So if you don't agree on things with your dating, just because you get married doesn't mean you're going to instantly agree. You actually add a lot more ammunition when you don't agree because you're stuck, um, because you're in covenant now. Just saying, if you don't agree, you're going to feel stuck. But I want you to think about this. Think about everything you have to agree on. Start with what is our worldview? What is our value system? What do we value most in life? Where are we going to go to church? What kind of church are we going to go to? Uh, what are some other things I put down? Uh, how are we going to parent? What do we feel about money? Do we, are we okay with debt? 
Um, are we going to be givers? Are we going to tithe? Are we going to go above that? Um, are we going to serve in church? What movies are we going to watch? What movies aren't, aren't we going to watch? Are we going to listen to that kind of music or only listen to this kind of music? What kind of friends are we going to have? Uh, if you're young and seeing, are we going to go to parties? Are we going to participate in these activities at these parties? What are we going to prioritize? How are we going to treat people? Is divorce an option in our relationship? What are we going to do with temptation? What are we going to stand for? What are we going to stand against? Amen, Pastor Garrett. These are things you've got to agree on. These are things you've got to know and things you've got to say, guess what, we're going to have these conversations. And if you can have them before you get married or start to have them before you get married, then you are going to have a head start where there's not World War III breaking out after you say, I do, because you didn't address that which matters most. So you've got to know these things. And here's the point today in this first red flag, and here's my encouragement, is don't give them your heart if God does not have theirs. Do not give your heart to somebody if God does not have their heart. It's a good place to start. Number two is this in red flag. So first we have, are they consistently pursuing Jesus? Our second red flag is when those you love don't love who you're dating. When those you love don't love who you're dating. This is where it gets a little tricky. If you are so in love with somebody, you think that they have hung the moon, that you want to get married, you've already said I love you in three weeks, um, that they're the one for you, yeah, you don't even know what their credit score is yet. And then those that love you start to come around you. Your dad, who loves God, loves you, changed your diapers, put you through college, um, served you, loved you, all of these things, comes up to you and says, you know what? I got a few reserves about this person. And you, you shrug it off. Then mom comes, who loves you and wants nothing but the best for you, and says, you know what? Have you thought about this? Or have you had this question? And you get mad at mom. Your brother doesn't like him. Your sister doesn't like him. Your dog who loves everybody starts barking at them. I would say that would be a red flag. And here's the thing. We've got to be, I'm telling you, dogs don't lie. We've got to be quick to listen, especially early on, because those that love us the most should be able to share hard things with us. Scripture says this explicitly. It says, the heartfelt counsel of a friend, Proverbs 27, 9, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So listen early on to the heartfelt counsel of a friend when there's a red flag. And again, it's not so you can just run away from it. It's so you can have a conversation you can talk through that which red flag is, is showing up early on in the relationship. Because, I mean, let's think practically. It can be things like this. Um, maybe they see that he or she isn't honoring the other person. Or maybe she's a little narcissistic or he's a little narcissistic to and to himself, his brand, his image, and is, is using you in that place. Maybe he's pushing you sexually 
or maybe he's way too controlling. I'm, say, I'm telling you, there's so many of these things. If, if you don't catch onto it early enough, these are, are huge red flags. Proverbs 12:15 says, the way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So we need to take wisdom and listen to those around us. Because here's the thing, grace covers you. You're forgiven when we fall prey into these red flags. But my pastor's heart today is saying, there's still a consequence on the other side that you still have to deal with because of the choice that you've made. And so if you can take the scripture today and not be foolish and think my way is the right way, those around me, they've loved me my whole life for some reason in this one particular season, now they don't know anything about me or they don't care about me. I mean, it's crazy how we begin to think when we're caught up in love and in feelings and in emotions, when really that's the point of your biggest time of vulnerability, when you need those around you that can help bring sense and care about you, is you're getting a relationship up and going. So we're not consistently pursuing Jesus. Those of you, those you love, don't love them. And then number three, our red flag is when you don't experience healthy conflict. When you don't experience healthy conflict, what does it look like when he gets angry? What does it look like when she gets depressed? What does it look like when you have a, a point of conflict? How are you working through it? The question is not if you will fight, but how you will fight. And in relationships, you're going to have disagreements. You are going to fight about things. But hear this, healthy couples fight fair. Unhealthy couples fight dirty. Healthy couples work to a resolution. Unhealthy couples press for victory. So when you get in a disagreement or get in a creative discussion, as I like to downplay when Bree and I disagree with things, honey, we're just having a creative discussion. Come on. We're not fighting. Um, she could back me up in a couple of weeks there. She's not here today. She's home with Eleonora, woke up sick, and uh, so it's been a crazy morning, but uh, pray for her and pray for Ella today. That's where she's at. Um, so she's doing the hard work today. But when you are not experiencing healthy conflict, this is a huge indicator early on uh, that there is a red flag. And, you know, you think of, of early on in relationships, you fight, you make up, or you fight, you break up, then you make up. And if you're constantly fighting, breaking up and making up, fighting, making up and breaking up, I would say that that is a big red flag because marriage will not solve, getting in covenant, getting in commitment will not solve that. And the fight, breakup, makeup is kin to when you are married, babe, if we just have a baby, if we just get pregnant and bring a little baby, everything can begin to change in our life. We'll, we won't fight as much. We'll have somebody else to love. I'm telling you, bringing somebody else into the world is not your answer. You need to deal with that before you have a baby. Red flag. Scripture. James 1, 19 through 20 says this, and I think this is a great scripture I go back to with how to work through conflict and how to do it 
the best healthy way possible. It says this, everyone should be quick to listen. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Be slow to speak, right? We know God gives us two ears, one mouth. Slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So this is important. Is you've got to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And when you're angry, when you're passionate about something, it's usually the opposite. I'm quick to cut down with my words and drown them out and not have a point of maybe where I need to go on a walk, I need to walk away and come back and revisit this conflict where I'm in a better state of mind to work through it and seek a resolution, not out guns blazing because I'm ready to win the fight today. So it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. So if we're not pursuing Jesus, we're not listening to those that love us, if we're not having healthy conflict, that would take us into our fourth red flag, which is when you find it difficult to trust the one you're with. Agreement, yes, is a big currency in relationships, but if you don't have trust, you don't have any kind of bedrock in your relationship. If you can't trust or if you're not trusting, then your relationship at some point will have consistent pitfalls because it has no bedrock in your relationship. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. It says, love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love has to have trust within it. It has to be insulated with trust. And your spiritual enemy, Satan, who is a father of lie, will always come into your marriage, will come into your relationship and demean trust. That's what he's after. He's after, he wants you to be in a spirit of infidelity before you're married. married, And he wants you um, to, to break the fidelity when you are married. He wants to diminish your family, diminish your marriage, and come after the trust that you have for each other. And here's the thing, we know this, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna have moments of insecurity. There's times we're just gonna have a weird day. But if there is a consistent um, insecurity of where it's almost possessive, then I would say that is a big red flag where you're never trusting that person if they're late from coming home from work or if you're constantly wondering what they're doing uh, on their phone or whatever it is, if, you, if you've never established a place of trust, then that is a red flag. But then I would also flip it on the other side of maybe you're not a trusting person. See, a lot of the times, if you're the one that's not being trusted, you can get mistaken where, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm, 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 I'm trying to create a standard of trust. I'm trying to walk and, 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 and build trust. We're, we're doing things to build trust. But maybe that other person consistently, possessively, time and time again, they're not a trusting person. So everything is a conspiracy. Everything is there's always, no, you really don't mean what you're saying. And if they're not a trusting person, I would say that is a red flag in your relationship. It takes two to trust, and 
you've got to come into agreement. And if, again, you get agreement right, then you can trust each other on what we're agreeing and how we're building trust in our marriage, in our dating relationship. But we've got to trust. That leads us into our fifth red flag, and it's this. When they're leading you away from Christ instead of closer to Christ. I've seen it time and time again. You start off strong in a relationship. You're coming to church together. You're reading your Bible together. You're worshiping together. Things are great. Talking about what God's doing. Then life happens. A situation happens. And it's almost like those, if you've been close to someone, you've seen it. They start to drift. Maybe you don't see them as much or maybe they're starting to talk a little differently or be a little more distant. You begin to say, what's going on? What, what happened? Why are you changing in this relationship? And it's so sad to see because it doesn't happen all at once, but it's just a slow drip. It is a slow drift of where you start drifting away from Christ instead of getting closer to Christ. Matthew 24, 4 says this in the ESV. It says, see that no one leads you astray. Jesus is passionate about this. Don't let anyone mislead you. And the wrong person that is a red flag can deceive you and mislead you if you're not careful. So if you're growing farther apart in your relationship with God, big red flag, and you need to address it, and you need to have the right kind of standards in place so that you don't drift apart, but you grow closer together in Christ. You know, I think too, and as I look at it, who's in here today, and I want to be sensitive to this, but um, when it comes to having sexual integrity before you're married, is you read Proverbs 5. We know that the Bible talks about sexual sin, but we read Proverbs 5, and if you go and read it, it will actually say that sex is intoxicating. And from a pastor's heart today, if the enemy can get you to compromise in this area early on, it will get you intoxicated to where you're moving in that direction and you're pushing past red flags because you're not sober about the relationship. So if the enemy can get you deceived and moving in that direction, again, if you are intoxicated, you will push past red flags because you're not sober about what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're setting up the relationship. And that's where, again, you can make the decision and make the choice to say, you know what, we're gonna honor God's word. We want God's best in this area. And if we have fallen, there is grace. We can repent, we can get go forward. He remembers our sin no more and we can have a fresh start in this relationship. We can go to God's word. We can get the help we need to get started and, and move in the way that God's word teaches us to do. Because at the end of the day, we want to be clear-minded. And, and this is explicitly, the scripture says, Psalms 119, 115. This is my heart for us today of why we're talking about these red flags. It says this, get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. I know this can seem a little extreme. It can seem a little intense, but this is the mindset you have to have about situations, moments, things that are red flags 
you've got to have a, a resolve to say, get out of my life. I'm going to obey the commands of God. If you're coming with me or if you're not, this is my line in the sand. You need to get out or you need to get in line. We need to talk about this. This is how you have to be intense in these things because you will drift if you put yourself on autopilot. You will not catch the red flags. You know this if you've been in it. I think about times in my life where I've, I've missed red flags and, and then when you look back and say, ah, I, I, I should have looked at that. Because again, red flags are in any kind of relationship, not just dating relationships. So pay attention to these red flags because here's the hope today. And if I had a green flag, I would start flying it. But on the flip side, if you're dating a person that's constantly pursuing Jesus, that is a green flag. Keep going. If those you love love that person, green flag. That's great. Conflict is healthy. Man, you're getting closer to marriage. You might get that ring by spring, okay? Number four, if you're growing in trust and agreement and you're, you've got the right worldview, you're, you're in line on things, green flag. And ultimately, if you're both growing closer to Jesus together, you're not drifting, you're not pulling away, that is a green flag. And I want to close with this. And Corey, if you would help me close. Is we've got to know that the work of God in you and through you will make a difference in this world. And if we can take wisdom, and if we can go back to that a prudent person sees danger and avoids it, runs from it, but the unthinking person rushes in. Think of this too. Has anything in your life that you've just rushed in and not looked at any red flags, how has that worked out for you? This is just a principle of life. Would you, I mean, think about the last few years of the crazy housing market of how there was no inspections. You were buying houses that you didn't even see a picture of. And then you get in this house because you didn't inspect it. You probably paid way too much over asking to get it. And then you go to open your fridge the light doesn't come on. You go in the basement and there's water sitting in the floor. And you're like, why didn't I put the contingencies in place to protect myself from making a poor decision? And I think so many times we get so caught up in because we love something, the house analogy, we love the pictures, the paint looks awesome, but you get behind that drywall, those studs got some termites in them. That paint, guess what? It's gonna start to fade. You see, I believe this is a principle in life. If you can take this beyond a dating relationship and say there are always, out of God's grace, his mercy, his protection, he is always saying, hey, that door needs to stay closed. You go and you read Song of Songs. It says, don't awaken love before it's time. See, it's natural when you listen to your body to desire intimacy, sexually, emotionally, God creates that. But it is to be awakened in the context of a marriage, in the context of a covenant. And the scripture shows us that if you awaken it before it's time and you don't listen to the red flags, then you can begin to make choices too quickly with the wrong person that end up in regret, that end up in brokenness and that end up in pain. And as we talk about relationships, 
It's all something we get right and we get wrong. And that's where we have to then go to God's word and say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for reckless love that chases me down, that even if I'm in a relationship today and there's these red flags, maybe I'm married, maybe um, maybe I, I don't have it in me. I know I should break up with this person if I'm dating. Maybe if I'm married, I need to take some steps and get some help and, and, and get some tools. I, I feel a lot of the times in marriage, if you are in a place of brokenness, if you would just get the right tools, you could solve the problem. But many times we're trying to get a Phillips screw out with a flathead, and there's a much better way that could happen if you just get the right tools in your pocket. So I don't know what it is, but if you can say these red flags that are coming up, that are coming to the front of my mind, I just wanna pray and I wanna ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. If you are in a dating relationship, say, let's have a conversation about some of these flags. Let's go to God's word and say, I don't want anything or anyone to lead me astray. Get out of my life if you're not leading me toward Christ. You can be resolute. You can be explicit and say, these are my standards. These are what uh, I'm believing God for. This is where I'm at. You're gonna save yourself from a lot of unnecessary pitfalls. If you'd stand today, I wanna just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. If you would pray with me, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to touch you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you love us. You're for us, not against us. It makes sense at times while the scripture refers to us as sheep. We need a shepherd. We need our chief shepherd, Jesus. We need instructions. We need a blueprint because if we're left to our own devices, it says if you just listen to the heart, Proverbs says that the heart is wicked. We don't want to be led astray by the heart. We want to be guided, directed, and led by the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask for those that are single in here today, maybe they're in a dating relationship, maybe they're in a place where they're blew past two red flags, but they can still address some other red flags. I ask Holy Spirit that you would pour into their life right now that they would surrender and say, I want your best. I want your way because you are the endless supply. I wanna be fully devoted to Jesus. And my heart is that the person I'm dating, the person I wanna marry, that they be fully devoted to Jesus. And whatever that path looks like to get there, I wanna trust you in it today. Father, I also pray for marriages. We saw through COVID, just having extended time being at home together, the rate of divorces skyrocketed. Father, I pray that when we're together, we're better because of it, not we can't stand each other because we're together. God, I, however long we've been married, whatever the conflict that may be present, 
Allow the oil of the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to soften us, because man's anger does not lead to righteousness. Let us be quick to listen, slow to speak. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, feet that are ready to walk where you tell us to walk. Marriage is one of the greatest blessings that you give us. It refines us, it makes us more like Jesus. God, I pray for healthy marriages in 2023, healthy relationships. God, that our children and our children's children as they embark on this adventure of meeting the right person, God, that they would become the right person in the process. They would attract that which they are becoming and that they're desiring as they grow in Christ. God, give us our daily bread today. You don't leave us as orphans. You give us immeasurably above all that we can ask, all that we can think, and all that we can imagine, please and sense. So God, we ask today for your best. But as we ask for your best, we take you at your word. And we wanna walk by your word to get your best. Trust you in that. And where we've failed, we thank you that your grace empowers us to get back up and to keep going. Righteous person isn't one who stays down. The scripture says they get back up. So we get up today. We fight the good fight. We stay in the fight. We don't check out. We just don't say it all. It'll take care of itself. Ignorance is bliss. No, what we don't know will hurt us. And we wanna know what the word of God says so we can be equipped to love the people around us the way Jesus loves us. Let us take a step forward today. Let us address the red flags because if we do, they can turn to green flags and we can see you do a work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray it encouraged, uplifted, and challenged you to become more like Christ. We would love to hear from you. You can email your prayer request to prayer at gpcky.com. Loving our podcast? Take a moment and like and subscribe on our YouTube channel to stay up to date with all of our new content. Thanks for listening.